0: I'm going to dive into today's uh, sermon straight away because i got quite a few uh, materials. And I would like to begin with this statement that I came across in my preparation. A very old quote by Charles Spurgeon, every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. Oh. Now that I get it out. Every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. Now, I started this statement not trying to undermine the role and work of our missionaries, no, or our missionaries. It is the sermon's context of whether Jesus is really precious to me. Jesus is really precious to me. And if He is, I won't be able to keep Him to myself. He'll be someone that I would love to share with others about. There is no way I can love someone and not have anything to say about him, isn't it? Isn't it? Now, this statement might seem harsh for some of us for the first time, but it is a profound reminder of our calling as followers of Christ, even as we consider this year's focus for us as disciples in our workplaces. We have an ambassadorial mandate to be His representative's in the world today, and especially in our workplaces. We are called to take His message, His love, His grace, and His truth into every corner of our lives. And that includes our workplaces. And so around me to read for us the scripture text provided, taken from 2 Corinthians 5 and Philippians chapter 2. If you have a Bible, you can turn with me. If not, you can follow me on the screen. And so... Let us receive God's Word. Second Corinthians 5, verse 20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making His appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. Do everything then without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault, in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labour in vain. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God indeed. And so for the past three weeks, we've covered on the purpose of work, which is to reflect God's image in whatever we do. Our rest from work, which is ordained by God together with the understanding of work within the framework of loving God, loving others, and loving, others, and loving our neighbours as ourselves. And we covered the challenges of work where we acknowledge our reliance on work for identity and yoked to the pressures of current work culture. And so we are halfway there. We will encourage Taswa, to be disciple in a workplace that chooses to be thankful in all circumstances, to lament towards God, to consider our limits, to work from a posture of rest and to press on steadfastly. Now, where are you today? Have you taken? Have you taken anything into your workplace past Sunday? What are your personal takeaways? For this sermon topic on character for work, allow me to share with us a few thoughts from the passages read as our outline, namely, to reveal Christ as we embrace our ambassadorial mandate to redeem culture and to relate His story. Three hours. To reveal Christ, to redeem culture, and to relate His story. Now, these are not just the logical principles. These are actionable steps that we can take as we work, as we live out our faith in our workplaces today. There are ways in which we can be salt of the earth and light of the world as Christ has called us to be. Because when we think about it in our daily lives, we often separate our spiritual life and our professional life, isn't it? Yeah, and our pastors in the past week have touched on this and will not belabor this issue. We do separate. We do think of church and work as, as two separate spheres with little to no overlap. To separate the angel and the devil's appeal. But the truth of the matter is this, that our faith should permeate every aspect of our lives, including our work. Just as how we are gathered to worship this morning. Does worship end after this service? No. Does worship end at the end of today? I hope not. Worship continues. Worship continues into the week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and if you worship with us over the weekend, you are back for your heart and your minds to be renewed by God's Word, by worship. And then you are sent out again to worship and work for the glory of God. Our faith should permeate every aspect of our lives if we are commanded to worship and love the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. That is the first and greatest commandment, isn't it? It says, the Lord. We should see our workplace then not just as places to earn a living, but as mission fields where we can share God's love and love the Lord ourselves. For every Christian is carrying the ambassadorial mandate. Every Christian is carrying the ambassadorial mandate. Let's turn to one another and say, you are Christ's ambassadors. Shall we? That's Say now, you are Christ's ambassador. You are Christ's ambassador. You are Christ's ambassador, aren't you? Amen. Now, in the passage that we read earlier in Corinthians 2, the ambassador is someone that represented states. Yeah, from one state to another for early Christian church. So they knew what Paul was referring to when he used the word ambassador. And guess we could say the same thing as well in today's context. They are official representatives of the one who sent them and therefore to be treated with utmost respect. It's a well-known title, one that is carried with great deal of dignity and warrant, great decorum on the part of the ambassador, the sender, the state or the receiver. Now by Christ's ambassadors, Apostle Paul meant that Christians should see themselves as representatives of God, and they were to behave accordingly, for they have an important job to do, and that is to reveal Christ first hour right to reveal Christ, to reveal Christ in the work, to reveal Christ in the speech, to reveal Christ through their actions, to deliver his message so others could know him and receive his message of reconciliation that we received first as children of God. Now, these words are not confined then to the ancient church. It continues to hold true for us today. This means we are to reveal Christ in everything that we do as part of our worship through the week. Or what one of our pastors have coined the word "worship," which is a reference from a book that you might want to refer to but worship, seeing your work as part of your worship. We are His hands and feet. And through us, He wants to reach out to those who do not yet know Him. Our workplaces provide us with opportunities to do so. And very quickly, some of the few ways that we can do this. Firstly, is by doing our work with excellence. For what better expression of worship this is? Of loving our God with all of our strength, all of our strength. By doing our work with excellence, now in Second Peter chapter one verses five to seven, the Apostle encourages his readers to make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and with virtue, knowledge and with knowledge of control and with self-control, steadfastness and with steadfastness, godliness and with godliness, brotherly affection and with brotherly affection with love. Faith must be more than belief in certain truth that we hold. Faith must result in loving action towards others and growth as well, godliness and growth as well in our Christian character. To supplement your faith with Virtue. The word virtue in Greek means to show our character with distinction. To show our character with distinction. That's where we get the meaning excellence. Because when we strive to do our best in our work, I believe we are aligning with what the Spirit is doing towards godliness and love towards others we are cultivating in part the fruit of the Spirit, isn't it? The fruit of the Spirit of love, of joy, of peace, of patience, of kindness, of goodness, of gentleness, and of self-control. We reveal Christ in a way that we are not just employees, mere employees, or students for that matter, but servants and children of our Most High God. Now the second way we can do this is by treating others with respect. Now, for we are all created in the image of God. We are all created in the image of God. The way we treat our colleagues, our schoolmates, our families—for for those of us who are homemakers, our customers, employees, and even our competitors—the way we treat them can be a powerful testimony to the authority of Christ and His Word over our lives. We are, when we treat others with dignity, with compassion, we are revealing Christ of His love, especially on the cross, and showing them a glimpse of God's woe for the world. In third way, standing up for what is right. In the world where corruption, where dishonesty, where injustice are now often the norm, and I believe I do not need to bring up newspaper articles, perhaps of spiritual giants and of even government leaders that have fallen from grace. We, my friends, are called to be different. Even more, we are called to be holy, to be set apart. That is our identity. And when we are called to be holy, we must choose then to trust in God's Word and His definition of goodness, of love, and of justice. That means even when it's difficult or unpopular, we stand up for what is right. We show that we are guided by a higher standard, or should I say, a standard that is set apart. God's definition. God's definition of goodness, of love, and of justice. To be holy because God is holy. You are set apart, my friends. You are set apart in your workplaces. Turn to one another and say, you are set apart for the Lord. You are set apart for the Lord in your workplaces. You are. The fourth way, quickly, is to share the hope that we have in Christ. And this is What we do in part as we come together on the weekends to sing, to worship, to realise once again the reality that we have a God, we have a living God, we have a living hope in Christ. Our workplaces, I believe, are filled with people who are searching for hope, for meaning, for purpose, even the most ambitious, if you know what I mean even the most ambitious. As disciples of Christ, we have responses to their search. As disciples of Christ, our purpose in life is to be God's image as we learned in the first sermon of this series, to be the God's image for the world today. The meaning of our lives is to worship and glorify God through Christ Jesus. Our hope it's of an eternal life in God's kingdom when Jesus Christ comes again in His final victory and we feast together in His heavenly banquet. Sounds familiar? Now, I hope these are not just words that we recite on a monthly basis. These are truths that we hope that because Christ will come again, we have a living hope. And we live now for that hope. These are truths that we hold dearly to give us strength to face another challenge to our work. And this can be truth for those who are seeking in our workplaces. We have a hope through our struggles that is not based on changing circumstances, but on the unchanging truth and the promises of God. Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. Amen. 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 My friends, our workplaces is not just places to earn a living or to complete an education, but mission fields where we serve the purpose of God through how we live by our character and to reveal His love with others. And as we consider our role as ambassadors for Christ in the marketplace, our character for work becomes the very foundation, becomes the very foundation, previous slide, to redeem culture to the kingdom of God. Our character becomes the very foundation of our witness to redeem culture. And so it is not just what we say, but about who we are, who we speak, speak about and how we live. And by how, I mean our attitude, our behaviour and choices that we make out of our character. I frame it the ABCs of our character. Attitude, behaviour and choices of our character. It is about embodying the qualities and virtues of Christ in our daily interactions and activities where our attitude our behaviour and our choices are being tested, isn't it? They're being tested every day we are in our workplaces. And they're on trial for the world to see. Just like I'm on trial for the last four years as a minister on trial. (laughs) Yes, I was. But it is about embodying the qualities and virtues of Christ and how He in His life, death and the resurrection is lived out in ours. The Apostle Paul gives us a clear picture of what this looks like in Philippians 2. At the beginning of the passage we read earlier, Paul begins by urging us to do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. This is a call to a positive and constructive character of attitude and behaviour. A call to be solution-minded rather than problem-focused. To be people-centric and not just task-oriented. To be contributors rather than complainers. To be peacemakers more than troublemakers. Now, allow me to qualify that this doesn't mean that we won't encounter problems or we should be avoiding difficult conversations, no. But we should approach them with a spirit of humility, just like how Christ is, our servant King. To approach them with a spirit of humility at God's people who has been compelled by God's love and appeal to hold on, hold on to this message of reconciliation. Reconciliation. For through your life, you are reconciling others to God. Our attitude, behavior, and choices of our character are then instruments of God's appeal and means of His grace in your marketplaces. They become instruments, my friends. Through your attitude, through your behaviors, through the choices that you make, they are all instruments of God's means of grace. Now, have you, my friends, been allowing God to use you as His means of grace to redeem the marketplaces? Now, Paul goes on to say that we should strive to be blameless and pure, children of God, without fault, in a warped and crooked generation. Now, this is a call, my friends, to be the same person in private and in public. To be the same person on Monday and on Sunday. To be the same person at work and at church. To be the same person at home behind closed doors. And opened. Now this doesn't mean that we are perfect. Or that we never make mistakes. True story. I was just one day after the pandemic, shortly after the pandemic, when I was finishing a, a church Zoom meeting, um, some of my, uh, not some, my son came up to me. Was some of my son. My son came up to know I only got two sons. If my wife is watching this. <laughs> my son came up to me and he asked this question out of the blue. And maybe it was because the meeting that he was... Witnessing. He was saying, Daddy, don't get angry. How come you laugh and smile so much during the Zoom church meetings but you don't laugh as much at home? It doesn't mean we are perfect or that we never make mistakes. There is a call. There is a call to be the same person in private and in public. It means we are honest about our shortcomings. We are quick to admit our faults and we are eager to make amends when we have wronged others. It's a call to be the same person that loves the Lord with all of our hearts undivided, undivided throughout the week. Undivided. Undivided throughout the week. Paul concludes this message in Philippians by encouraging us to shine among others like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the work of life. Now, the Greek word here, shine, in Philippians, in this Philippian passage, is phenol, which means to become visible or to be evident. To become visible, or to be evident. It is the same word used in Matthew five, where Jesus said, "Let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven." Now it's also used in John one. Interestingly, which says, "The light shines in the dark; the light become evident in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome." Now in all these instances, the word feno conveys the idea of making a visible and a tangible difference. To shine for Jesus then is about living in such a way that people can't help but to notice the difference and be drawn to the source of the difference, to be God's evidence of His presence and of His love in your workplaces. Now turn to one another and say, you are God's evidence of His presence and of His love. You are God's evidence. have a little bit more conviction, please. You are God's evidence of His presence, my friends, and of His love. My friends, you are evidence that our God never sleeps nor slumber. You are evidence that His love overcomes the darkness today. You are evidence of His presence in your workplace. So live, my friends, and work as important evidences of His grace. Live and work as evidences of God's presence and of God's love. And press on. Press on. I'm not saying it's easy, but press on steadfastly. As Pastor Glad has encouraged us to press on through challenges that we may face in the workplace to reveal Christ, to redeem culture. Lastly, to relate His story, His kingdom values. Now, intentional discipleship in the workplace is the heartbeat of this point, to relate His story. It is about being deliberate and purposeful in how we relate the gospel, story, and to live out our faith in our workplaces. It is about aligning The ABCs of our character to relate with others, our attitude with the beliefs of his story, our behavior with the biblical values, with kingdom values, and most importantly, the choices that we make out of our character with our surrendered actions. Yes, my friends, I know sometimes we need to surrender, and it doesn't feel good. But sometimes by surrendering perhaps, by submitting perhaps, for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of that witness and to be that important evidence of God's love in your workplaces. For some of us, this is where the rubber meets the road, where our faith is tried and our hope tested. But then it is also where we are, the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. Now there was a study by Barna Group, a, 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 a popular Christian, a popular group that does survey with the Christian churches, and they found that Christians who are intentional about their faith are more likely to say that they have a clear sense of their calling to say that they are making a significant impact in their workplaces, more likely to say that they are experiencing the joy and peace that comes from knowing and loving God. However, in the same string of survey, and I quote of this uh, survey with that statement, every Christian has a responsibility to share their faith. In 93, 9 out of 10 Christians who shared their faith who who come across this survey agreed with this statement now 25 years later which is closer to our uh, contemporary 3 out of 10 Christians who have had conversations about faith say that witnessing is a local church responsibility evangelism is a local church responsibility Where are we in that ambassadorial mandate? Where are we as disciples in our workplaces? What does it look like for me to be intentional about my faith in the marketplace? Well, simply put, for me, it involves capturing every opportunity to love and to serve. Capturing every opportunity and to be not just a positive influence, no, but to be a spiritual influence. To be a spiritual influence in our workplaces. serve because we worship a God who came to serve and not to be served. It is more than just doing our jobs well. It is about going above and beyond and making a difference of bringing a touch of God's love and grace into our workplace to hold true that we are evidences of God's grace in and through our lives. As C.S. Lewis, a Christian uh, writer, writes and once said, the work of a Beethoven and the work of a child woman, which is in our context, a domestic helper, become spiritual on precisely the same condition that of being offered to God of being done humbly as to the law Amen to that This quote reminds us that all work no matter how humble or mundane it may seem can be a form of worship or worship a way of honouring God when work is being done with not just right, but holy attitude, set apart behaviors and divine choices that we make to honor the Lord in our places, capturing every opportunity and being a spiritual influence today. To be holy because God is holy. And so relating a story is about being intentional in our discipleship, being spiritual in our influence and pressing on in our efforts. And my friends, once again, this afternoon, you're invited. You're invited to reveal Christ from wherever God has placed you in. You're invited to reveal Him, to love Him, to redeem Him, culture to the kingdom of God and to relate through your character the person of our Lord Jesus Christ we are ambassadors for Christ as God making his appeal through you that is a high calling and a great privilege because we get to show people what God's love look like in our lives What His grace feels like in our hurts and in our disappointments, and what His truth might sound like in our conviction. Let us pray. Oh Lord, may our worship not end like the heavenly angels. That circle your throne day and night. May our worship through our work be pleasing to you. May our work as worship rise up as sweet incense to your ears. May the ABCs of our character both being tested and being tried every day for some of us. Show others of what your love might look like, of what your grace would feel like and what your truth would continue to sound like through each And every one of my brothers and sisters here. May you, O Lord, be magnified in our work. Jesus. That is our prayer, that is our cry. And as we respond to you, O Lord, may you lead us to where your love came down, to where love was being Lord to the cross